G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of The Short Cameo. My name is Nick Pendry and this is the show where I discuss movie news, reviews and everything in between. Or is it? Look, I've been doing this for a while now, five whole episodes in fact, and I just feel it's time for a change. I just feel I'm getting stuck in my ways and I've been told a fresh outlook can be a cleansing for the soul and obviously this is all complete rubbish and I'm just experimenting with my formula because why not? So, what this show will involve is a quick-fire, non-researched, reactive podcast for each... Well, this one's for the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode. I'm sort of hoping I'm to do one each week as each new episode comes out and just see how that goes. I'm not planning on doing too much research into it. It's more just, as I said, a reactive thing. I'll just watch it, watch it again, take some notes and... Just babble on a bit about it for hopefully 20 or 30 minutes. We'll see how long we go for. So I watched the first episode of this show, took some notes, and I'll sort of get into things I did and didn't like about each episode, hopefully, and just what I think of the show show as a whole. As I said, again, I'm not doing my usual in-depth, ridiculously over-the-top analysis, etc., etc., Um, So I'm just changing it up. So uh, as per usual, just a quick disclaimer, this is a casual and fun review. Well, I was going to say I do my research. I'm not doing my research this time, but I'm still really passionate about this stuff and I like to give the best opinion that I can. So I'm not looking to offend anybody. And if you disagree with me, then that's great. As I always say, the best thing about movies is the discussions that they bring. But if you do like this new formula that I'm trying out, if you don't like it, please leave a review or a comment either way. Um, This show is available on all the main podcast streaming services. If you have any questions, chuck me a message on Instagram, Twitter, my email. You know where to find me by now, hopefully. (laughs) If If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. If not, check out my other pods. I go through this stuff every week. But look, that's that's enough of an intro because, as I said, this is more like a rapid-fire reactive podcast, so let's get into it. Let's talk shop. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one. So I usually, when I do a movie review, I'll go through some background stuff and talk a bit about general things. Won't really do that with this one. I'll sort of, I think I'll just get straight into it, yeah. Uh, so this first episode, it starts off with the ever-present, self-indulgent, empire-promoting Marvel logo, now all-inclusive with some Avengers Endgame spoilers. So if you haven't seen Endgame, just be careful about watching the logo because it's, it's got a few cheeky little spoilers in there for you. Uh, I will say, though, that I was worried when this show started that it was going to be a very much sort of buddy cop type situation with uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. I that's That was kind of what I was expecting. <laughs> Probably going to talk a lot about expectations with this episode because there's some interesting dynamics there. But I'm glad that they, they are going for some deeper themes in this show, which I'll get into shortly. 
uh, it was nice to see because it probably would have been very easy for Marvel at this point to just churn out another fun, action, lighthearted, not take too seriously buddy cop type situation. But I'm glad they're trying to go to deeper levels with it. Uh, and straight away, the opening scene with Sam Wilson checking out the shield on his couch and he's got the, he's got the look on his face of someone who doesn't feel he's worth it. That was something I was completely expecting. I assumed that would be a big element of this show with uh, Sam wondering whether he should take up the mantle of Captain America. So completely what I expected, but it's still fine. You hear uh, Captain America's voice in the background, his last conversation with Sam, which is kind of nice. And then I'll jump, I'll jump ahead firstly to what I didn't expect was then Sam to give the shield up to the Smithsonian people. I kind of thought he'd just block it away in the back of his cupboard and forget about it and have, you know, moments throughout the show where it's like, you need to take up the shield, man. And you just can't do it. And then the final episode, he unlocks his cupboard. It's this big moment. He pulls out the shield. But no, bugger that. Gets rid of it straight off to the Smithsonian. Uh, So, yeah, didn't see that coming. I liked it. Adds a few extra layers. And it makes me wonder where they're sort of going to go with that whole angle, particularly with the final shot of this episode. We'll get into that later. But we have our first uh, heavy action set piece scene. What I really like about what Marvel's doing with these TV shows so far is that it's movie quality CGI and they're obviously investing a lot of money and a lot of time and effort into keeping, even though it's moved from movies to TV, they're keeping the cinematic experience of Marvel uh, the same. It's consistent. And you see that in this first action scene, it's all very well put together, well edited. It's a lot of CGI and whatnot involved with uh, Sam Wilson flying around, and it's all very well done. I did like that, I assume he's going to be relevant later in the show because he hasn't died yet, is the main French guy in this little squadron of bad guys Sam Wilson takes out is I recognized him. He was he was a bad guy at the start of the Winter Soldier movie um, that Captain America fought. Don't know what that implies, if he's some sort of main force that's going to come in later, but that was kind of cool to see him. There's a few other bits and bobs about this action scene. It's, fu- it's, it's, as I said, it's well choreographed. It's fun seeing Sam Wilson kick guys around and then take out helicopters. Uh, it's very exciting and Brutal, but in that very clean Marvel way, not too much blood. People's throats aren't getting slashed or anything too extreme. Uh, but it's enjoyable, you know. I I don't have too much else to say about it. I just I was just having fun watching it. I didn't understand why. I think his name is Torres. He's the the military guy who's on the. He's your guy on the ground. Why Why does he need a guy on the ground? He flies. He's got wings on his back. He's taking a helicopter in the air. What, what, what's a guy on the ground gonna do? Is he, is he supposed to be Chance Sam's cheer squad? Because that's essentially all he does. He's just there on the ground going, oh, that's so cool. He's just watching through binoculars. He even does like a victory dance at the end on top of the Jeep when Sam wins. Completely useless. Uh, and I also want to... Oh, and <laughs> another thing I was I was noticing throughout this first scene was um, Sam's little red wing thing on the back. His, his robot... I don't even know what you call it. It's a little mini jet that can essentially do everything because it basically takes out three helicopters by itself uh i don't even know why you need sam at this point if this thing can do it all because that that robot needs a promotion it's you know age of machines he's he's pretty useful uh um i said i really enjoyed this action scene but it is a bit dumb when 
it's getting they're getting towards the border he still he still hasn't got the guy out of there and uh, he gets a bullet in the back of his jetpack thing so he's lost all his thruster capabilities and then the guy on the ground's like you need to find another way. We're not going to make it. And then it comes up on Sam's thing, rewrap complete. And he's like, I just did. Oh yeah. Did you mate? Cause it kind of just felt like the script did. I'll move on from that. I like the idea they got going on with the LAF crews. They're setting up or the flag smashes that they're calling themselves sort of harkens back to the idea of the blip and how I like that the effects after when everyone comes back from the Avengers blip, that there are sort of real world consequences of that. It's throwing economies all over the place. Families are struggling. The government's struggling. And then you have terrorist groups taking advantage of that. All these guys particularly liked it when the, it was the dark ages of the blip or whatever. I just like the relevance to the rest of the Marvel universe with that and how there are consequences to the actions that these heroes take. Moving on, uh, I'm a little concerned about this Torres character just because it seems like he's going to be very relevant with Sam, but I don't think he has great chemistry with Sam in the scenes he has with him because the little banter they have going back and forth where he's asking if he flew Steve to the moon. It's a bit, it's a bit awkward. I hope they tighten that up a little bit. Uh, I liked that Rhodey came in for a nice cameo. He offered absolutely nothing to the show, but it's nice to see him. I don't... Is he is he going to be a relevant force? Or was it just how many extra Marvel characters can we just sneak in there? Just to, you know, just to keep the fans happy, keep the fans interested. Ooh, Rhodey, what's Rhodey up to? <laughs> um, I was sort of thinking, though, because I think Rhodey said to him, why didn't you take up the mantle? How, how would Sam... I was wondering... I hope it sh- comes up in the show. How would Sam actually use the shield? Because he's got his whole thing going with his Falcon suit, and that's really cool, and that's really useful... Does he just give that up and become the next Captain America? I assume that's answered in the comics, as pretty much everything is. I've said before, I don't read the comics, so I can only go on what I see on the screen. But I did see in the trailers him practicing with the shield, so I assume that'll be relevant somehow, and that's one thing I'm interested to see happen. So that's sort of the opening done. I probably should have done this at the start, but throughout this episode, there's three things... Wait, three or four? Hang on, let's go through it. So a couple of things that are interesting me in this episode are Sam's feelings of unworthiness for taking up the shield. That's really interesting me. Everything they do with Bucky in this episode, I loved and thought was really good. There wasn't a single scene or moment I'd change with how they're setting up Bucky's character. And I'm liking, I'm liking the, yeah, so there's four. I'm liking the elements with the flag smashes and where that's going to go. I'll get into that a little bit later. The only element that's not that doesn't work for me is Sam's family troubles, which I'll get into in a sec. I really should have done this at the start. <sighs> Whatever. I'll move. I'll get right into it. So we find out where, what's going on with Bucky. He's having his. We so we get a flashback with him having a dream as the Winter Soldier, and far out. I love the musical theme for him. It's. I don't even know how to say it. It's like this echoing metallic sound that comes comes on whenever he's like the Winter Soldier. It was really relevant in the Winter Soldier movie when he first appeared. Kind of wasn't there in Civil War because he was no longer the Winter Soldier as such. But there's something about the theme that's really eerie and really cool. And then you've got that sound of the, the metal arm when he's swinging that thing around. 
it's I like it because well, for one thing, I just like the theme, but also because it's very consistent. And as soon as that happened, it took me straight back to the Winter Soldier movie and took me straight back to what this character was. And I was really glad we revisited it because revisited it because I kind of missed it in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame because Bucky was almost just there to complete the bringing together of all the heroes. He didn't really have anything to do there. And then Barnes is in therapy, just like... I got I got really strong... I, I think I mentioned it before. If you've ever watched the show Sherlock, the BBC one with Benedict Cumberbatch, these first couple of scenes with Bucky were so much like those first couple of scenes with Watson in the first episode because he's just come back from war. He's haunted by dreams. He doesn't trust his therapist. I don't know. I just got those kind of vibes. So it's kind of it's kind of something you've, we've seen before in shows and movies. But, I mean, I think it's done really well. I really like his scene with his therapist. It uh, There's a lot of really extreme close-up camera shots. of just, You can almost only just see the eyes of Barnes and the therapist cuts between them. Just gives off that idea of it's quite uncomfortable it's intimate there's a there's quite a bit of instability with Barnes just just with the camera you can you just get that kind of sense from the scene which I really liked but uh just like with Sam I expected Bucky to still be in mental turmoil and probably seeing a therapist and having still being haunted by his past I mean that's the obvious thing you would do with a character like this in his own show I still liked it what I didn't see coming, I really like the list he's got where he's got he's he's got, he's got to go make amends with a bunch of people that he's either helped or hindered in the past for bad things. <laughs> I did like the little parody of that though. He's now got a list of ways to make amends, uh, which is in complete parallel, opposite parallel to the list of words that activates him into the Winter Soldier, which we got in Civil War. I'm assuming as well that Zemo, who's in this show still probably knows those words. So I'm hoping that becomes relevant because that could be really cool. But I like the rule, the three rules he's got to follow for his therapy. <laughs> and he's got, he's got to say this phrase to everybody that he, he makes amends to. And he, he, he said, you know, like, I am now Bucky Barnes. I'm doing this to make amends. He gives the woman he says it to this little odd grin. And later on, all I was thinking was, um, I hope he refines that a little bit and ups his game when he's got to talk to Mr. Nakashima about his son because, oh boy, that's going to be awkward. By the way, I should just mention, I agree with Barnes. This is, without a doubt, the absolute worst therapist I have ever seen. She literally says to him, you've got no numbers in your phone. That is so sad. You're alone. You're all by yourself. you got no one. You're pathetic. Like, jeez. The guy's only been tortured for, what, like 90 years? He's been... He's gone through an unbelievable amount of pain and whatever. It's <laughs> just getting... This therapist is just laying into him. Um, I don't I don't know what her tactic is. Is that some sort of negative reinforcement rubbish? I'm not... Uh, I have concerns. <laughs> but we then get introduced to Mr. Nakashima, who I already mentioned. And... I wasn't sure what was happening at first with this character. It just seemed to be like a guy he'd made friends with. And then Mr. Nakashima almost out of nowhere just starts talking about his son because he gets triggered by something. And I was kind of very quickly being taken out of it. Like, okay, this is feeling really, really forced. I'm not buying into this. What is going on? And then you find out Barnes killed his son. And it's like, oh. Oh! Oh, oh my, oh right, oh sh- Insert adjectives. Yep, so 
you can see why he's on top of that little redemption list that Bucky's got. Whew! That was a good scene. Uh, but then we get some um, not-as-good scenes with Sam's family troubles. This set, I realise I'm sounding like a jerk here, but it sounds harsh. I just don't really care about Sam's family issues that he's got going on with his... Is, he, is it his sister and her family? I hope it goes somewhere. And look, I under, I completely understand what they're doing with it. And I completely feel sorry for his sister and all the troubles that she's facing and the family issues that they got going on. I should probably preface with that. But I, we've just, from where I was, we'd just gone from this amazing scene with Bucky and this horrible situation he's in with Mr. Nakashima to just your generic money troubles. They want to sell the, he wants to sell the boat. She doesn't, sorry, no, he he doesn't want to sell the boat. She wants to sell the dad's boat. I mean, it's all right. It's just not as interesting as the other stuff that's going on in the show so far. And it's, I feel like it's kind of hard to explain why I'm not as invested in that. It's very much an emotional response for me when I'm watching it. I just felt it wasn't flowing with the rest of the story and it just didn't fit in. But I mean, they've got what, six, seven episodes or whatever to flesh all that out and really take us somewhere with that. It's all just set up. So look, I hope it goes somewhere. And moving on to <laughs> Bucky's cute little date with the wet, uh, bartender, wet, waitress, bartend, bartender. Uh, <laughs> he brings he brings flowers to the day, which I thought was really cute. And these old-fashioned 90-year-olds, man, they're just absolute dating gurus. He's all over it. Loved it. But I did, I uh, just felt so bad for him. I mean, the poor guy, he's, you can just tell he's, Got no idea what to say to this girl. He essentially lies to every single question. And I was just kind of thinking about the logistics of it. Like, how do you even start a relationship when you're in his situation? Like, what do you say? Like, oh, yeah, so I was born 100 years ago, right? I fought in World War II with Captain America. You know about Captain America? Yeah, I fought with him like 90 years ago. Then I got captured by Hydra and brutally experimented on... Then I got freed, then I fell off a train, lost an arm, got captured again. They gave me a metal arm, and then they kind of alternated between putting me on ice and coming off ice to kill someone, and then have my brains out for about the next, you know, just about the next 70 years. Finally got freed from that, but I can still go on this really random killing frenzy if someone says the right words in the right order to me. Oh, and you know that old guy that I'm hanging out with? Yeah, I shot his son because he couldn't open his hotel room door fast enough and I'm too chicken to tell his dad the truth. Anyway, we should do this again sometime. I mean, <laughs> uh, it does make me very interested to see where they're going to go with him for the rest of the show. I think that's one thing this first episode does. It raises a lot of questions and intrigue for the rest of the show. Uh, and <laughs> then she lays the most on-the-nose, poignant, like... You are a monster for what you did, Bucky Barnes, because she's talking about how hard it is for Mr. Nakashima not even knowing how his son died. And just, it's the worst thing that could ever happen to someone. I mean, he lost his son. He doesn't even know why, which is absolutely entirely true. It just absolutely, like, wrecks Barnes in that moment. She has to run off. And I really like that he goes to Mr. Nakashima. And I actually didn't know if they were going to do the whole, okay... He wants to tell him, but he's not going to tell him just yet. They're going to leave it for later in the show. Or if he was going to tell him right there and then, and then they'd have the fallout from that early on. The rest of the show is about him trying to make amends with Mr. Nakashima in some way. I like the way they went with it, with him not being able to tell him yet. And it would not shock me if this is like one of the last scenes in the last episode of this series with Bucky finally having the courage to sit down with him and tell him what happened. So I think 
that the element they're going with is more interesting and has layers to peel back there. There's only so many ways that that can play out. I mean, there's only like two or three ways that they'll do it, but I like what they're doing with it. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's all about execution. So if they execute it well and you get a good, strong emotional impact with that storyline, I think it could work really well because I like the elements there. We then have Torres uh, following these, uh, what are they called? Flag smasher people around. And so it seems that they're super soldiers of some kind or the main guy is a super soldier. I don't know if there was more in the trailers or if there was more online about this. I didn't really watch too much of it. The only things I can guess is, did Zemo steal some of the super soldier juice in Civil War Is and he's now used it on this new guy? I'm, I'm interested. Uh, that being said, when he takes Torres down, literally flings him on the ground and then kicks him in the head. Five and a half seconds ago, he kicked a random guy 20 meters down the street who got cut in half by a pole. And then he absolutely wails his foot on this guy's head and he walks away with a bruise. Like, your face should be jelly right now, bro. But again, just this whole thing with the super soldiers and what Zemo's role in this, it raises more questions. I'm really excited to see Zemo because I really liked him in Civil War as the bad guy. I thought it was a really cool dynamic how the guy that took down the Avengers wasn't some big, strong, huge, impossible force. He was just a normal guy who mentally manipulated the whole situation. So he's obviously a very smart type of bad guy, and I'm glad that he's in this show to get a bit more screen time. I So... <laughs> I feel, I feel kind of bad because the next scene is the whole bank scene with Sam trying to get a loan from the bank and he, he doesn't get it. It's all very sad. The set, When I went through and watched this first episode again, I pretty much just skipped through all the scenes with his fa- Sam's family. Just At the moment, there's not much intrigue there. I've already said that before. So I skipped through the bank scene. We'll go straight to the final shot of this first episode. I really love the drama of it. The music builds up. You can see on Sam's face, it's absolutely killing him. And he almost, he sort of like just looks down. He's like, oh, what have I done? So he gave the shield. It's very interesting, the dynamic of Captain America trusted Sam and gave him the shield and said, I believe you're the person to take up my mantle. And this is what, six months after that. And the first thing he's done with the shield is give it away to be put in a museum. And now the government's deciding, doing whatever they want with it. Interesting dynamics. Uh, But then I was thinking, why did the Smithsonian just give over the shield to some random guy? I, I don't really know much about the Smithsonian, but it seems if something was donated to them to put it on display, you can't then just take it and give it to some random dude. And also, who is this random dude? Does does he have abilities? Like, what's the go there? I'm guessing he's some kind of really hard-ass ace military dude, or it's just a promotional tactic by the government to inspire hope in people again. I mean, hey, either way, it's I'm one episode in, and I have a lot of questions, and I'm really interested in all these dynamics. So, good job, TV. Uh, overall, in, with this episode, I really liked it. I liked the questions it raised, and... Most of the character setups, particularly every single thing they did with Bucky, I really liked. I really like Sam's whole unworthiness element, even though I was expecting it to be in this episode. A couple of things they did with it and where they're going with it, I'm really intrigued. That's another thing as well. I wasn't expecting the Smithsonian to just give the shield away to some random person and have this whole new Captain America element, so that's cool. The whole thing with Sam's family, I hope it goes somewhere right now. I'm not very interested in it. 
the action scenes look fun and really hardcore. There was only really one or two in this first episode. I mean, it must you got like six hours of TV, six or seven hours of TV. You got to you got to fill. You can't, can't all be action scenes. They're, but they're very fun and hardcore in that very clean Marvel way. We've seen it all before, but it's still always exciting. And what I am liking about this show so far is they understand that it's not just a buddy cop action flick. They've got to do a bit more than that. They've got to go delve deeper with these characters, and they're finding really interesting ways to do that. I'm re- really looking forward to Sam and Bucky teaming up together. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. The one tr- half trailer I watched looked their banter back and forth looked pretty good. And I'm really excited to see Zemo come in and play whatever role he's going to play. I don't know what that'll involve. I'm hoping there's some uh, mental manipulation with Bucky because, I mean, he completely took him to school in Civil War. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Other than that, I don't think there's too much else to say. Just going back over the notes. Yep, looking pretty good. Uh, So that closes off a very quickfire short podcast. Let me know what you think. This is the first time I'm doing it, so I'll be interested to see how it turns out as a whole. Uh, if it works really well, it'd be nice to do more of these because it is much quicker and easier to do to do them, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, I'm not going to do my usual rating slash metaphor slash story sequence because not, there's no point doing that for each episode. Might do one at the end. Who knows? I'm, I'm very much playing this by ear and seeing how I'm going. So with that... Uh, again, if you have any questions, just chuck me an email or uh, send me a message through Instagram or Twitter. If you feel like you want to leave a review or a comment, I would absolutely love it. It'd be great to hear more from you guys um, and hear what you think about the show. But until then, that pretty much sums it up, I think. So, oh, I should say that I'm hoping to do a full movie review on Raya and the Last Dragon, and I'm also wanting to do one on Justice League, this, well, Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that whole Snyder Cut thing. Uh, that movie is four hours, though. I'm only about an hour and a half into it. I'm sort of thinking I might do a two-part podcast and just release them back-to-back. I don't know. I'll see how I'm feeling. We'll see how we go. But until then, I'll try my very best to do a quick-fire podcast for each episode of the falcon and the winter soldier each week i think that'll be a lot of fun and again let me know what you think until then i'm gonna sign off cool boy the shark camera.